You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Hi, welcome to the Unicorns Are Real Podcast. I'm Aaron and or Erod, whichever you want to call me today, this week, this month, this year. Who cares? Um <laughs> so this is a solo episode. I'm I'm solo solo today. Like there's absolutely nobody in the studio. I mean, besides Jaira, but we all know he doesn't like talking. And he claims he's so sleepy and so doesn't have the energy for this week, which is understandable, you know. I understand Jaira's pain. I'm here with his pain. I internalize it. I accept it as my own. We're here. We're one at that moment. Um, so this week, as as we all know, has been kind of dry, gray. I mean, we got terrible news Sunday, but I'll get to that in a moment. Um, so my color of the week, I would say, I mean, I'm still in gray. I feel like my color of the week has been gray for the last three weeks, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I would have to play back the episodes, but I'm pretty sure for three weeks straight, my color has been gray. So, yeah. Um, yeah, clearly <laughs> I need a little bit more joy in my life, you know, clearly. Um, and my song of the week, I'm going to go with because of the tragedy that happened Sunday, I'm going to go with Smokey Robertson's cover of Really Gonna Miss You. So we're actually going to insert that so you guys can hear it, just in case y'all didn't watch the Temptations movie when y'all were younger and you, you totally missed the part when Blue died because I cry every time. I cry my eyes out like I knew Blue. Like I lived back then. And I knew him personally. I cried my eyes out, which is why this song fits so perfectly with the mood of this week and us all losing basically our Superman. So take a minute. We're going to listen to that and then I'll come back. It's really going to be different without you. Time is going to be hard. And slow for the rest of my life. Gonna be thinking about you. Yes, I am. Time came when you had to go. I know I touched I touched base on it a little bit, but as we all know, I mean, like the question we have, I mean, we all know by this point that, well, this episode is dedicated to Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gigi, 
and all the ones, all the people that were on the aircraft, the helicopter that crashed in Calabasas on Sunday. Sunday was a bittersweet day overall because, like, Sunday I took my mom out to dinner and we were celebrating her birthday because her birthday was the Wednesday right before. And, you know, she decided to go out with her husband instead of us. So Sunday, me and my sister decided to take her out. While we were at the table, Janae looked at her phone. TMZ is reporting. Kobe Bryant is dead. They didn't give us news past that, but they reported that his helicopter crashed in Calabasas. That's all we knew. So the whole time we were at dinner, we were all like searching. Well, my sister and I, we were all search. Both of us were searching, trying to figure out what happened. Like, this can't be true. What you mean he's dead? Like, nobody's going to believe Kobe died. So we're tripping. Like, the internet, everybody on Twitter is questioning it, trying to figure out what's going on for real. Nobody has a clue of what's going on. Every time you try to click an article on the internet, because I guess it was so much traffic going on, those firewalls that ask you if you're a human or a robot, those things kept popping up but not letting people to, like, access the site. So we had to go through that and then start seeing people just posting his picture online, like, oh, man, he's really dead. And then we get reports. So, I mean, all of this makes you question, like, I mean, what do you do when Superman dies? Because, like, at this point, you see Kobe as, like, this untouchable almost. Like, no, nothing can kill Superman. Nothing can stop Superman, right? And then you have this moment of clearly something can stop Superman because, I mean, we're, he's human. So... You know, I I do want to, like, say rest peacefully to all the ones who lost their lives on the helicopter that crashed on Sunday. You know, Kobe and Gianna or Gigi Bryant. You have John Carey and Alyssa, which Alyssa is, like, one of her teammates, one of Gigi's teammates. Um, You have Christina, I think, is was the assistant coach if i'm not mistaken um aria or ara which who who was the pilot of this flight then you have sarah and peyton and peyton's one of Gigi's teammates as well so i think now like honestly like shooting paper balls and stuff won't be the same because like sunday I was in a meeting. I mean, no, not Sunday. Monday, I was in a meeting at work. Or miss you too. <laughs> um, yeah. So sun- Monday, I was in a meeting at work. And towards the end of the meeting, I had bought up like my napkin for lunch or whatever. And then I shot, tried to shoot it in the basket. Right. And then as I was shooting, of course, like an automatic thing, I said, Kobe instantly got sad instantly got sad and I was like dang that's real life like wow I made myself sad because why would I say Kobe of course I would say Kobe it's like the automatic response I don't know if kids do it as often as our generation or like the generations that got to like really witness him pay I mean man was in the league for 20 years so I'm pretty sure he touched 
a lot of younger children as far as like being able to witness his greatness on TV. Um, but I also, I also like, I can't imagine, can't imagine how the pain that um, Vanessa feels. I mean, at this point she has, she has come to, like she's posted on Instagram and, you know, she, she is talking about how strong she's staying for the family, but you know, I feel terrible because she lost both her husband of 17. Like she's been with, I mean, 18 or 19 years because she's been with him since she was 17. Um, she lost a child and I, I can't, even like think of my life like if I was with somebody since I was 17 years old and then all of a sudden I no longer have them I I wouldn't know what to do like I personally wouldn't know what to do so I can't even imagine that and then having being left with three children and then losing one of them like that whole thing has to be super devastating it has to be so I'm sending prayers up for her. And then I'm also sending prayers up for the the kids that just lost their parents and their sister. So now there's two kids without a mom and a dad because they were also on the flight with their sister. So they have news of not having neither one of their parents. And I found out today that um, while well, I'm recording it, I found out today that Kobe and Vanessa actually made a pact that they would never ride a helicopter plane together or, you know, on the plane, just just like as a, a, a safety measure. Like if the plane were to crash, the kids will have one parent left. And the I can't <laughs> I was like, I can't fact check check this for sure that that was the actual pact that they made, but I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, I read it on a couple of things. But I think that is such a smart move to always keep the kids in mind and to think ahead in that case because, like, to prepare, like, if anything happens to us, we won't be together, like, in that moment just as a safety measure for our kids. They need one of us. Whether it's me saying, like, if anything was to happen to you, they have me and that type of thing. And I think that that was, that's super smart. Although very sad. But, I mean, they did it. And then Sunday, I was also, like, kind of upset about the situation because, like, the NBA, of course, was like, I mean, still let continue to have the games go on. And that makes sense. I mean, they sold out the tickets, but it doesn't make sense because, like, most of those players, like, former teammates and kids that grew up and then were able to join the league and then be around their hero are, like, completely distraught about the situation and not playing to the best of their ability because, like, at this point we're crying. We're trying to trying to fall into reality somehow or trying to be in the moment and we can't be in the moment because we just got news of this tragedy 
and all of this stuff is going on. So it was it was very tough to see how broken most of those players were. And um, I was watching like, I mean, this week I've been trying to not watch videos because I know that if I watch videos, I'm going to be sad. So I've been trying to like not watch videos, not look at pictures, but you can't just not because like your whole timeline, like the whole everybody was affected. Like nobody, I don't know a soul that wasn't affected by the death. And I was watching um, an interview video of T-Mac. And he was he was trying to hold it together because, I mean, that they were pretty close. They were pretty close. And I guess the interviewer the year before, the year prior to this interview, interviewed both T-Mac and Kobe. And they were talking about, you know, their history and the lead together. And they were joking around, you know, talking about, you know, how Kobe was <laughs> a bit of a psychopath when it came to the game because he would be he would be so focused on like learning every player's move. They all his competitors moves, especially the ones he saw as like elite competition. And he had got wind. This is the year prior. This is when Kobe and T-Mac were in the both getting interviewed um he had got win right before the game that t-mac back was having back issues and he can't he had came down on his back and then like kobe had intentionally came down on t-man's t-mac's back and <laughs> kind of hurt it a little bit just so he could knock him off his game a little and i mean like the the scent but their friendship i mean it, it didn't affect their friendship because they still like pushed each other to work harder and they just never had a chance to actually be on the team together so when t-mac was talking to this interviewer he was like you know really trying to hold it together talking about how kobe kind of like he wanted to die young but that was way before that was way before he had children um saying he wanted to be you know remember like immortalized or like become this immortal thing if he were to die young and that was back when they were like young before the kids probably before he had a wife like early and you know he was just really broken and then seeing Shaq's um Shaq talking about Kobe and then seeing Doc and then seeing LeBron breaking down, like, after getting off the plane. And I'm glad they, like, canceled the Lakers games for that day. But, I mean, it was still, like, tough. So all of these were, like, oh, I'm trying to convince myself, please don't cry here. And, like, like don't cry. But, like, seeing those things, of course, it's going to make your eyes jerk a little bit. You're going to have some tear jerkers. Um and I what I what I did like to see, like what I did like, what I saw on the internet that I liked a lot was a lot of like these men, these players, these celebrities and stuff, and like men probably across the board start doing that hashtag girl dad, right? Cause like <laughs> it like the internet has been going crazy since like um I think her name is Ellen L. Duckin of ESPN she shared her memories of Kobe 
and she had to experience why she was pregnant. And she was about to do an interview with him. He had ran up to her because he saw the baby, the belly. And I think at the time that he was also expecting, he was expecting his fourth child. And she had told him that it was a girl. He was super excited about her having a girl because, you know, at the time he had three girls. And I think the fourth child sex was to be determined. But he was so excited about it because he was like, I'm a girl dad, like referring to himself as a girl dad because he just liked having little girls or like installing that into little girls. And, you know, he's been a huge advocate about for WNBA and like women's basketball overall. And that's why he had his, that's why Gigi was so important to his legacy and why, why it hurts so bad because like, I mean, he had his legacy go down with, I mean, not his legacy. I mean, of course his legacy will never die. He has three kids, but like the one that he was like, doing the most mentoring with as far as like who was showing him out and a way to be greater than what he brought to the table. So I thought that was like a really cute moment of her sharing that. And then the internet sharing all these dads sharing that they have girls as children and them being so excited because they're like, yeah, I'm a girl dad too. That was really a cute moment. But to wrap all of this up, to wrap all of this sadness up um again rest peacefully black mamba slash bean um Gigi and all the other la- others that lost their lives sunday and for that for just to like lighten the mood a little bit we're gonna actually insert <laughs> kobe <laughs> rapping on the song with Brian McKnight, I think it's called Hold Me. We're gonna insert that right here. So we're gonna take a break and insert that whole verse. Blood boils when you speak, yeah. makes me weak. But I refuse to weep. Yet when I sleep, I feel tears trickling down my cheek. Come on, stay strong. Pride telling me move on. My heart's fighting me, forcing me to hold on. Yours forever. Fell for you beyond measure. Pure as ever. Amazed by sins. Of- okay, we're back. So I'm gonna I'm gonna switch up the mood just like a little bit, and. I was thinking I I was on live the other day and I was on the live I was on live with my best friend the other day and we were doing all those random questions or whatever that little thing on your head where the random questions are generated I can't describe it and one of the questions that I couldn't even save the video because Instagram had kicked me off and the app shut down on me yesterday so I couldn't save the video. But one of the questions was like, what was the scariest thing that's ever happened to you? Right. And I had to really think about it. So I'm going to share it on the podcast because this is such a scary moment that is like almost like a horror story. So (laughs) I was at home this one time. Well, this was back when I was living with my mom. I was at home at the house or whatever. And I just came home from hanging out with friends and my sister might have been out of town at this time. And my mom, she was at her husband's house because like she was going back and forth between the houses. And 
I don't know what happened. I didn't go upstairs because I was I was actually like a friend was going to pull up on me that night. So I didn't go upstairs, but I ended up falling asleep on the couch because it was, I, I don't know what happened. I'm sleepy. So I thought I woke up because I heard like my mom's bedroom door like slam shut. And I'm like, how did her bedroom door slam shut? And there's nobody in this house. I was I was shook because I was like, who was in this house? Because how can her like one, her bedroom door was closed because like she doesn't leave her bedroom door open. So for me to hear it sh slam shut, I'm like, all right, maybe she came home. But like at this point, my eyes are open, but I can't move because I think I was like experienced like sleep paralysis. So then I start hearing like somebody coming down the stairs and I'm like, okay, who's in the house? I mean, they didn't turn on no lights. So there's absolutely no lights being turned on, but somebody's walking down the stairs. So I'm still just laying on the couch, like looking towards like the entrance of the living room because how the living room is placed, like the couch is right in front of, like kind of like to the back wall, but in front of the opening to the living room, like I can see the staircase. And I don't see anybody, but I heard like, like when you get to the base of the stairs, you see, <laughs> it is a haunted house moment, <laughs> but my house wasn't haunted. Well, I pray to the Lord that my house wasn't haunted. Um, but so I like I hear the bottom step. Like when you get to the bottom step, you can hear it because of like the flat plane and then the main floor. So I heard it, and then I'm looking over there, and it's just like I can't describe it. But I see just like this dark figure. It's not it's not a person. I don't know what I'm looking at. It's just like a shadow like figure, but it's like massive. It's just like a huge figure. So, you know, at this point I'm still like experiencing the sleep paralysis and I'm praying in my head because I can't open my mouth. So I'm praying. I'm crying like my eyes are watering my eyes are like the tears are flowing out and I'm praying because like dog is this figure in my house is nobody here with me like like I don't have nobody to break this mess up so you know just sitting there praying and then all of a sudden I hear like I don't hear it I hear it like stump up the stairs and then slam my mom's door again so I'm like, oh my God. So what do I do at this point? So then I close my eyes trying to like break the sleep paralysis somehow and like wake up. So I fully like, I woke up. So now I can move, right? But like, I don't want to go upstairs. Like I'm not tripping. Like am I tripping for not wanting to go upstairs? Like the thing went upstairs, whatever it was, it went upstairs. So I'm asleep. I'm gonna stay down on the couch. I don't know if I fell back to like I feel asleep again but I know that I woke up the next morning and everything was fine but I told my mom about it and she was like that's crazy right she she ain't seemed super concerned but it was like dog I had to really pray myself out of that because that was a mess that was so mess I don't want no demons coming up to me and <laughs> disturbing my peace but that was I, I would say that was the scariest thing that's happened to me. <laughs> Thank you. I will be safe. <laughs>
Um, <laughs> um, but that was, I would say that's the scariest thing that's happened to me. And that was like towards the end of last year. Um, but you know, I prayed that thing away. I believe it. God covered the house. <laughs> Nothing has happened to me like that since. So we're going to move on <laughs> to, um, I don't know today. I mean, we're just doing like topics today. So today's topic is just about creative seeking inspiration or like finding ways for creatives to seek inspiration. So like I came up with like a few ways for creatives to like get some creative juices flowing or whatever. But I would say a way for creatives to like get inspiration or like find what, like I don't know some ways for creatives to get inspiration I would say I how ways that I find inspiration is through daily interactions so interactions with people because I'm like a people watcher and I watch like I observe people and their actions and what they do on a regular it's easy for me to find inspiration through just observing I would say, look at people. Like, people have interesting stories. Like, whether you're making it up in your head, I mean, using your imaginations to, like, determine their life or whatever. Like, just, like, look at them, and you can, like, tell certain things about their personalities. And I think that's a way of, like, getting some creative juices going. Because, like, now you're, like, activating your brain to think more. So that's one way. Another way, music helps me. Or inspires me to be creative, especially if I'm like listening to something that is like heavy with metaphors or actually, you know what? Heavy instrumentals also are very, I mean, it's also a very inspiring way to get (laughs) juices flowing because like when you hear all these instruments playing it just makes your mind go on well my mind I start to see like colors and like starts to see pictures depending on like the beat so like I think we had a guest one time and we listened to their stuff this is an episode that got lost like a episode that got lost in the file somehow um but we had a guest and they brought in some one of their tracks I think the file got corrupted, the reason why we couldn't air this episode. But they had came back for our 50th episode, and they brought us new music. But during this episode, they bought in this super cool track that had, it had, like, I can't even describe it, but it was, like, kind of, like, it had a little bit of an island feel. So you have, like, these, these island instruments mixed with this, um, electronic kind of bass. I can't even describe it, but it was like so cool, like how they layered it and how they switched it up. And like as they were saying all, as they were playing the track, I was seeing these pictures and seeing all these like ways that they can represent this through a visual because I'm a visual person. So when I see, when I hear things, sometimes my mind automatically makes it a visual unintentionally but intentionally i guess it makes it a visual so music is another way for creatives to get their creative juices flowing um 
I would say like sitting down and talking to other creatives. Um, preferably in a field that you're not in sometimes can help with inspiration. Like say I'm, so I do advertising or graphic design and photography, right? I, when I sit down and talk to people or artists or creatives who paint or draw or use, you know, like manual ways of doing things like traditional art, um, I find that more inspiring to what I'm doing because it makes me look at my pieces that I create in a different way. Like if I'm looking at a painter and they, they're describing how they blended the colors, how they created this gradient, and I can relate that into my computer art, how I put gradients and um, the ad or the digital piece or the logos that I create. So it's like just a way to look at things and kind of remove what you're doing. And then, like, shift it around. Or say I'm, I don't know, like, I feel like that's too close. I was about to say, say if I'm a musician and I'm talking to a dancer, but they're kind of, like, you know, close. And the concentration of, like, performance art. But say I'm a musician and I'm talking to a painter. Then I can kind of now focus my mind of not seeing my word seeing my words as visuals and that can help me write more or write better be able to relay my metaphors or whatever I use <laughs> in my songs however but that that is an example um another thing that creators can do can, I would say is like just find ways to clear their minds like something that centers them or centers you, unicorns who are listening. Um, finding something that centers you, like say if you're around water, you're happiest when you're around water. So just like sitting near some water, going to a beach, if you live near a beach and if it's summertime, if that's something that you can do. Or if you just like sit in the house all day or sit in the studio or sit in an office all day, just finding moments where you can like go outside and breathe in some fresh air and really like try to center yourself so that you're not just doing one thing or your mind isn't focused on just one thing. Cause sometimes what I find difficult is that if I'm staring at a computer all day and then I have to like con concept for something, I can't concept if I haven't, if I just been staring at it, if I just been staring at the, the computer with no other stimulus or stimuli um getting like entering my mind i i won't create the best the best creative that i can put out because i'm just stuck in one mode but i'm not like taking in anything else to like draw my inspiration from so like finding moments of where i can go outside or when i can look at something else like whether it's sometimes when I'm at a block, I just like, you know, go on the Internet and be like, what's on the Internet? What's happening today? Like news or I'll go to Pinterest or just like bringing in something else to just add to what. So I'm not just like tunnel vision on one thing, because if you're just tunnel vision, sometimes your creative doesn't come out as great as you want it to. 
and then you'll be like redoing it or coming up with like 30 revisions or so like you would just it'd be chaotic um i said it's floor oh lastly a thing lastly creatives what you can do or unicorns whatever you know you guys are unicorns another thing you unicorns can do like to get your creative juices flowing i would say start setting like yearly monthly weekly or daily creative goals like something that you want to create like get something done like i want to at least get a painting done by the end of the week or a painting like multiple paintings this month i want to be able to have a gallery show this year or something like start to set these creative goals so that you can do more with the ability that god or whoever you believe in has given you or like wherever you draw your talents from i would say start setting those goals and then that will help like focus you because sometimes i know a lot of unicorns fall into a funk of not feeling like they're doing enough with their ability or not creating enough or not showing their work off but i think it it comes to a point where are you setting you have to ask yourself like are you setting enough goals of when you need to get these creative things accomplished because that if you're setting those goals I think that will help focus on what you need to get done and help you ultimately be more creative because now you have a set reason of why to create or how to create. Even if you're like creating, like just like taking a sketchbook around with you or a notepad for those writers, those unicorns who are writers, but like taking these things around with you and like anytime you have a spark or idea, whether it's like a word that pops up in your head, like writing it down or you see something cool like I know a lot of times like I will see something cool out because I tend to like see figures and things so a lot of times if I see like a figure in something I'll take a picture and if I don't have my camera which is unlikely because I always have my phone on me I will like draw it out or how I see it because like how I see it in my mind is clearly not how it is there but my mind is seeing this figure or this face I got to draw it out or I got to take a picture of this. Like, oh, this is actually a really nice composition. Let me, oh, Jesus, I burped on the mic. (laughs) Jaira, shut up. (laughs) I don't like how your eyes came up. But back to what I was saying, like, I would see something and I would, like, take a quick picture, draw it out real quick, try to remember it because, like, if you like hold it in and then you didn't actually jot it down or you didn't take a picture of it, trying to hold it in your mind, you're going to forget something. Cause you're like, I can't like trying to get home after you saw something that inspired you and you didn't take a picture. You didn't draw it down. I mean, write it down. It'll be hard trying to like really visualize what you just took in. So I would say taking a sketchbook or a notepad around with you would be the greatest thing for you to do when you are in the mood to be creative that is my last (laughs) that is my last creative thing but I did want to touch base on um a couple creatives that have inspired me or a couple artists unicorns however you want to call them I mean they're unicorns because this is unicorns our real podcast 
a couple unicorns who inspired me to think creatively, be creative, and like really push my work whenever I just feel like I'm in a funk or whatever. So one of the creators I want to like unicorns I want to put to the front is Carrie Mae Williams. She's a photographer. You might, yeah, most people are familiar with her work, but if not, she's famous for the Kitchen Table series um, where she's at a kitchen table and there's like different scenes going on, like a point where she's getting her hair done or she's entertaining a male guest or she's crying. She's being consoled by her girlfriends. She's doing work. She's getting like with her daughter playing cards, all these things. So what I liked about that series or like what I like about her work, but specifically that series is that she made me look at art in a storytelling way through a storytelling like scope or lens when it comes to like photographer photography and having photos be simple like have simple executions but say a lot as far as story come like as far as the story is I mean yeah as far as the story is concerned (laughs) sorry got a little jumbled there but like having these simple executions and being able to tell an in-depth story is what I really like about her work or what I enjoy about her work the Nets unicorn would be like my all-time favorite, like my favorite, per- one of my favorite persons, um, who, which is Spike Lee. So director, writer, actor, all that jazz, right? Um, what I enjoy about Spike Lee is that he's a man of many hats. And he's one of my faves because when he wants something to get done or when he wants to create something, He's like going for it head on and to have that ambition and to have that will to I need to get this done by any means like that dedication and then like really like pushing his creative making sure his creative vision is like seen represented to how he wants it seen and represented and then I like the consistency with like the loyalty he's built up with his actors like using the same actors, like Denzel being one of his consistent actors in his movies, even to a point where he started to, you know, utilize Denzel's wife, utilize Denzel's son and his creative visions. I just think, and then like when you look at his stuff, even if you don't see him in his, like his Spike Lee joints, even if you don't see him, he has signatures where you know is a Spike Lee joint. You didn't have to see the, you know, the beginning where it says Spike Lee joint, a Spike Lee joint. You didn't have to see that, but you will see, like, one of his famous signatures in his movies is, like, the dolly shot. So he'll have the actors, like, sit on a dolly and be pulled. So it looks like they're supposed to be walking, but, of course, they're not being walked. They're not walking. They're being pulled across the shot. But it'll be always in these, like, heightened scenes of the movies where, like, is at... Hey, well, I'm sorry. I'm on live, guys, (laughs) the the listeners who are listening to the podcast. But he'll have these dolly shots where it'll be like a climax of the movie or whatever, or like a very heightened emotional part of the movie. Like 
he's pulling them. They're supposed to be walking, but it's always this inner dialogue or monologue going on because they're talking to themselves as a monologue. Um, but yeah, I like that. And those are his signatures. So next artist or next unicorn, we're going to go on to Kehinde Wiley, who's a painter. And the reason why he inspires me is because, I mean, the reason why, like, it's a couple reasons. Like, his his paintings are phenomenal, and they're so detailed and very, like, like he paints on such a large scale. I mean, of course, like, now he has, like, people who help him, you know, accomplish his vision. But, you know, probably, like, when he started, he probably he didn't have all of that. But... <laughs> Like, the amount of detail he puts into these paintings and him always using, like, these... The appearance of, a ma- like, a super masculine male, black male figure and then giving them this floral background. If you guys don't know, Kehinde Wiley is also who painted Obama's portrait for the White House. But he gives, like, a softness to these male figures, which, you know, a lot of time people don't see the soft side of black males. And, like, he kind of, like, softens their exterior, trying to, like, you know, very push it to the front that they're, you know, of course they're humans, but, like, making others who don't see them as this, about having this, like, innocence about themselves or the softness. Because, like, everybody's not hard all the time or, like, everybody's not overly masculine all the time. It's, like, things that softens the characters, which I... I really like, I really enjoy with his work. And then the colors. I wish I could paint like that. I really wish I could paint, period. But like, I wish I could like, I had, like God blessed me with that scale, skill. Um, Another artist that you guys should look up or like getting to is Kara Walker. I came across her um, during my first, Yes, my first trip to New York. I had never been to New York. And I just, you know, me and my best friend, we just, you know, went. And it's like, whatever. We we literally planned it, i say in two weeks or three weeks or so. It was like a really quick trip. We planned it. We bought the tickets. We didn't, we didn't look that much into it. So we kind of spent a lot more money. If I like, then we probably would have if we would have planned it out <laughs> correctly. But um, we went to the MoMA and Kara Walker had this piece up. Because like her work, look, Kara Walker, I think she's a painter. She's a sculptor. Um, well, overall artist. I mean, she's kind of multifaceted, like a lot of the unicorns I describe. Um, but this piece, like she's famous for her historic silhouettes that she does. She does these silhouettes, you know, like these cutout silhouettes of like kind of time pieces or history pieces. Like I think this one was based off of slavery, but it was kind of a twist on it. Because like it will be like a point where... I don't know, the first the first thing that I saw when walking into this, like, towards this wall were 
the male figures that were like kind of floating by their penises. Like it was like, I don't know. I, 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 I don't remember what like the tag, you know, every artist has like a artist explanation of their pieces. So I don't remember what the tag said, but it had that as one part. So those were the floating figures. But then it had like the figure silhouette of like, I would say this white male because it was kind of like a powder wig, like silhouette. And then it was like a slave female, like kind of giving him a fellatio. I mean, head. I was about to use fellatio, but I know people don't use that. <laughs> head. Um, and then like this other part where the slave woman is like, these babies are shooting out of her or whatever. Her leg is up and then this baby's flying out. And it was just a lot. It was a lot to take in on this wall. But then all her pieces is like so layered that you really have to think about it. And another piece that she did, it was some years, it was like some years ago because I wrote a report of it while I was in school. And I don't remember what the report was. Exactly. But she had created this sugar fig, uh, this sugar sphinx of, you know, like a slave woman or an- like kind of like a, it was like kind of inspired by the ancient Mayan character with the like scarf. But then her breast was exposed and, you know, she was in the sphinx pose, which is the lion body and like the human head or whatever. And the whole sculpture is like this massive piece. Like I think they had an old sugar factory where she built this figure and it was massive. And it was like little other, it was other sculptures like made out of sugar and they were having hope, you know, carrying like raw sugar. And of course this had to die. I mean, had ties to um, slavery and history with like sugar cane being one of the things that slaves had to, you know, be in the fields for. But y'all should check her out. Amazing artist. Um, another one of my faves, or like, I have so many faves, but this is another one of my faves that you guys should definitely check out. Um, um who is uh Maya Bailey. He's one of my faves. He's a tattoo artist. Um what I like about Maya is that he uses these rich colors on like black and dark skin, which a lot of like I'll say like a lot of white tattoo artists are kind of afraid to use colors. But Maya's not white, he's black. Um on my Actually, all my creative, yeah, all my unicorns that, you know, I'm sharing with you guys today are going to be black. Those are the ones that inspire me the most. Like, seeing that representation in the creative field is always going to, like, draw me in. But, yeah, so he's not afraid to use these rich colors on black skin or, quote-unquote, dark skin, darker than, you know, white people's skin. <laughs> um... But he has such a unique style about it, like his his line work, um, just the overall appearance of his work is super unique and Afrocentric and kind of like new school too. Like in a way, it's a little like if you know anything about tattooing, it's kind of new schooly, like cartoonish figures. Um, 
I came across him, I would say my junior or sophomore year in high school. I don't know. It was like from my AP art class. And it might have been my senior year. I don't know. It was like it was within that time frame. I think my senior year, I revisited him for my AP art class. And then I came across him like my junior or sophomore year, just like looking up stuff. But he's based in Atlanta. And I don't know, I came across, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I think I came across his sketches. It wasn't even like his tattoo work, but like his sketches or his paintings were like super dope. And I was like, if he can do this on this canvas, maybe he can do a really dope job on skin. And then I like dive deeper into it. And I mean, he's been tattooing for like decades and his work was amazing on skin. I was like, man, I really want my first tattoo to be by Maya. And I would have to, I would gladly take that trip to Atlanta and book him and drop that, you know, stack that he's probably asking for because he's, he's a known tattoo artist. He's famous for his work. And yeah, I think his um I'm going to look up like when exactly his um where exactly his shop is because I know it's a couple it's a couple of artists that I want to like plug cuz like it's some Instagram artists a lot of them or creatives that inspire me on Instagram that you guys should definitely check out. He's on Instagram by the way. Of course, you can type in Maya Bailey. Actually, all the artists that I named are on Instagram. Hey, Instagram is always killing my joy. Like it won't let me. Um, it won't let me share my live video <laughs> that I just did because it's it lights it 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 sees me and it's like I want to take your joy, and it does. I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying to look up this other artist that I was thinking about. And filling in time until I find the artist. But the artist that I'm thinking of, she is um, a South African artist. I think she did a collaborative project with Nike. She might have done a couple designs probably did like a you know like a co-brand thing situation like I don't have all the facts right now because I'm really trying to find her Instagram uh, why is it not coming up like I thought I would have find found it by now this is why I should have stuff pulled up but I was on live and I didn't have nothing pulled up, but I, I wanted you guys to like follow these artists because they got pretty dope work. And I know they these unicorns will inspire the unicorns that listen to this podcast. Oh, there it is. Who found it? Her name is Carabo Poppy. And I don't want to butcher her last name, but it's K-A-R-A-B-O underscore P-O-P-P-Y. And she was cool about her story. She does like these flat art, kind of like tribal, um, just like these side profiles, kind of like how you see in literally every culture, those like 
you know, flat 2D um, detail, like detailed flat art, black. But she said what inspired, like, her creative style was that the only time she got to see, like, black represented or herself represented in some artwork was on, like, the walls of beauty salons or out in barbershops, like, outside of it. And, you know, that work is, like, profile shots, detail, hair detailing, like, things that you can put, like, very intricate designs into. So that was one of the things that inspired her. And I thought her work was super cool. And she is really, she's a street artist. She does a lot of murals. And, I mean, she also got a pretty cool style. Her hair is always in, like, twists and braids and stuff. And, like, she, she, just, she just, her Instagram overall is, like, very aesthetically pleasing if you like stuff. I mean, if you like that type of stuff, like, she has very set style and creative vision when it comes to like the grid of her Instagram and how she ties in her work and all of this you guys will find some inspiration in her cause she's pretty dope dope cool yeah and then it was this art poser is another one or Alex Gardner his name on Instagram is art poser He's another cool artist that you guys should check out. Um, it's this French artist that I'm trying to find right now. Because her work is also super cool, super colorful. Um, these unicorns are, like, amazing, like... You guys, if you guys aren't already following them, you should definitely follow them. They do not pay me to tell you to follow them. I just think their stuff is cool. And I think their styles are cool. And if you want to see, like, blackness, their stuff. And, like, these are, like, getting, like, blackness portrayed to you from, like, a person who's not you know, not attached to, like, the United States diaspora of, like, African diaspora and the United States, but, like, having their own perspective on um, how they view their blackness, I think is super cool. I'm trying to find her. I know her name is Aurelia. I think that's how you say it. I'm probably butchering it. I'm really bad at names. I know faces, but like names are not my strong suit. I would be a bad I think I would I wouldn't be a good teacher. I'd be that substitute teacher. What is that? <laughs> Why are you shaking your head at me, Jira? You know what I'm talking about on Key and Feel. <laughs> when he was like A Ron. <laughs> you mean Aaron? No. <laughs> what was the other name? Oh my God. It was some other names. I can't think of them right now. But like, I would be that sub butchering people's name. I mean, I wouldn't butcher them to that extent. Like, he was like, D nice. You mean Denise? No, I said D nice. 
oh that did not help me like laughing at that did not help me fine but I would be that person as a substitute teacher butchering everybody's name like I I I try to stay away from last names too because I'd be like I don't want to be that person I don't want to butcher your name so I'm gonna say the eight the easier parts of your name because I don't want to be that guy or I mean girl I'm not a guy that's crazy but you know you know you know it's automatically to say you know I don't want to be that guy it's like an automatic thing you guys should also like look up little black goat. His work is cool. Well, that's his Instagram handle. I think his name is Logan. You should look up his stuff. His work is cool. Um, I think it's a little, some of his work is a little on the erotic side as far as theme-wise. But his, his stuff overall is kind of cool, kind of weird looking. Um, very expressive. do uh, found her yep her name is Aurelia Doran um, she's a French artist French graphic artist I think is what she describes her work at I mean herself as well I mean she doesn't describe herself as French she's a black French woman but her work is super, like, she does the flat art design, but it's, like, super colorful, like, silhouette-ish. I think it's really cool. Like, you guys should check it out. I mean, I will also put her name in the description. Like, I'll have all these artists, if I can remember them by the end of this episode. I have all these artists in the description. But we're going to wrap up this episode Thank you guys for listening. Um, <laughs> we are, of course, recording in the Detroit is Different studio. But before we go, like, you know how we ask the guests to, like, leave us with some takeaways, like final takeaways or quotes or any inspirational things that they can give the listeners. So I, I pulled a couple of Kobe quotes um to wrap up the dedication episode because like Kobe overall inspired a lot of people and I think that's I think that's why this episode I I hope I did like you know like expressing my grievances for the families for their losses as best as I could because like Kobe was such an inspiration like when I had hoop dreams <laughs> My hoop dreams died in middle school, but when I had hoop dreams, <laughs> witnessing that. So I have a couple quotes. Like one of the quotes that I um like pulled was the moment you give up is the moment you let someone else win. So like having that winner's mentality, like telling you not to give up. Like, okay, as soon as you give up, somebody else is going to come up. Like if I were to give up, you know, when Asia decided to, like, take her break, like, anybody could come in and start making a cooler podcast about art and putting you creatives on. And I, 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 I wanted to continue our vision of having this platform for artists. So, you know, trying to, you know, put in that work ethic that, you know, Kobe always showed us. 
another quote um, from Kobe was every ne- everything negative pressure challenges is all an opportunity for me to rise. So another quote that is aiding motivation, like all these things that you have going on in your life are just like building blocks to be better, to do better, to grow. Um, Here's a, a, should I do? Like, yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do these last two. Yeah, I did four, but I was like, maybe I should wrap it up at three. No, I'm gonna do four. Um, here's another one. Um, it's the okay. Well, hold on. If I can read, goodness gracious, it's the one thing you can control. Like I, I guess I don't know. Maybe I should cut that part. Um, you are responsible for how people remember you or don't. So don't take it lightly telling you to like you control your narrative of your life how people see you that's how you portray like how you portray yourself to them so like try to try to introduce or show people the best of you try to be remembered for your good things and not your bad like everybody has good and bad in them but making a it a note to like be better to do better to show the better the best side of you so that people when they remember you they think of all the good things you've done and not necessarily the the small shortcomings that all of us humans do i mean go through and then the last the final quote is dedication sees dreams come true which ties in all of the quotes that if you're dedicated to something and you focus on that and you put your all into that, you you're gonna see things fall into your favor because you're putting your best foot forward and you're actually putting forth the effort to get stuff done working on your dreams. So that is the end of the episode. And I'm gonna close out with Beyonce's Heaven because Heaven couldn't wait for Kobe, Gigi, and the seven others on the flight. So thank you guys for listening. Of course, we're recording the Detroit is Different podcast studio. Um, You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. I might have missed Spotify. There you go. (laughs) And then follow Unicorn's podcast. I mean, Follow us on Instagram at Unicorns at Real Podcast and on Twitter at Detroit Unicorns. I'm still trying to get that up. And if you want to like follow my personal, it's Aaron just Alex and talk to me. But Beyonce, you know, heaven, because heaven couldn't wait. Okay, bye guys. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify.